Trapped on a precipice with nowhere to turn, Castian must take a leap of faith to escape the demons of his past. You're running blindly for a couple of minutes, Castian, just trusting this map that you've seen of the coordinates that Bone gave you. But your mind is a complete mess. You would be a terrible Jedi if you were, in fact, a Jedi right now, for your mind is not at peace with everything that you have just seen and experienced. I think that's fair. Castian is dealing with a lot of stuff right now. He's dealing with facing off of the person who considered almost a father to him, Tremaine, backed up by a man who he considered to be a nightmare, Vader, and now... Someone sacrificed themselves to give him time to run, and that person's now probably going to die. There's no way Kida can beat Vader, let alone Vader and Tremaine. So right now, Castian's trying to run, but every part of him just feels scared, angry, annoyed. That darkness is almost – it's relishing the fact that he is so blindly lost. He has like the holographic map, but he's found himself several times almost going the wrong path or he just misses a turn completely. So he has to go through the forest and get there. But he just – he is following the map, but he's very distracted. He's he's just scared. Give me an athletics roll. This is going to be average difficulty with two setback dice. I didn't get any successes. I didn't get any failures, but I got a dark side point. So I'm going to use that dark side point which gives me another corruption, and that gives me one success. I want to point out one thing before you use that dark side point. You know that Tremaine has an ability using the Force to sense the Force when it is being used near him. He always kept it close to the vest about what exactly his range was and what did he really know. But you would know that before you use the force here. Do you still want to call upon the dark side to give you your success? Absolutely. It's not even like a choice at this point. Cassian, he falls back into using the dark side, almost like it's falling back into taking a breath of air after coming up from the water for too long. He uses the dark side, then realizes it, and then gets more angry at himself, which just fuels the dark side. But yes, I'm going to use that and get one success on my athletics roll. Okay. So you are able ultimately to keep your feet under you, not fall off a cliff face. You don't drop anything of yours, neither your lightsaber or any of your other gear or that journal that Hida just gave you. You're running through wilderness, mountaintop wilderness. There is some brush, some hard scrabble trees that have been able to find some scrap of soil to anchor themselves in and grow in ragged, twisted knots as they have been warped and formed by the winds that buffet this part of the mountain. As you are struggling to run, the gravel under your feet slips under your boots, but you're able to stay upright. The wind sometimes whips at your face, flowing your robe around you, trying to twist in your knees or fly over your face, but you're able to persevere and keep going through. And after another 10 minutes of this running, you hear something. Not the wind, not one of the nightmares that you have been running away from behind you, but something mechanical. Gears rusty from disuse, groaning to life. Castian is hoping that is exactly what Bone sent him here to find, so Castian is going towards the metal. 
You run up a small incline, and at the top, you find the remnants of more of this mining operation. And you find Bone. Bone? Bone, Castian is running towards Bone. Where is he? Is he in the middle of, like, gravel or what? Yes, Bone is at the very top of this rise. There's a bit of a plateau here. It's maybe three meters in diameter, and it's mostly gravel. You see some long-abandoned mining tools, and he is jacked into an old mining elevator. This is where they would load out that ore that they dug out of the mine that you just ran through, put it on this large open platform of an elevator, and lower it down alongside the mountain face. And Bone is jacked into it, making it come back to life. Castian is running towards Bone and almost kind of just sliding into him, like he falls to his knees and slides and wraps his arm around Bone, hugging Bone as if he is a security blanket that Castian himself forgot. In this darkness, there is this light, which is bone. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you got us. It's an elevator. Oh, we, 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 how'd you get here? I, I, I didn't see you in the... A droid maintenance shaft? Well, I would have loved to hear that. I had to deal with Vader and Tremaine. Yes, Vader's here. We have to go now. The elevator had been abandoned with that platform a couple of meters down the mountain. Easy enough for you to jump onto if you don't want to wait for Bone to bring it all the way back up to the top. I'm going to take Bone and I'm going to jump down with him. And since it is a straight down drop, you're able to make it with no problem. I land, I set down Bone, and I let him go towards... Is there controls on this elevator to send it down? Yes. So yeah, yeah so I let Bone do his thing. And Castian is going to uh, honestly pace around a little bit like a caged animal. He's scared, but he's also kind of excited. This is the first sign that he will get off this mountain. No, don't worry. I delayed them. I I, I put some bulkheads in front of them and, and someone stayed behind. It's not important. No, it is important. Kida. Kida was here with me. He stayed behind to give me time to run. There's no time to get into that. We need to go now. Just... Start this thing up and let's get down this damn mountain. This elevator has been abandoned for decades is a conservative estimate. So all you hear at first is that grinding shriek of the rusty gears being forced back into use. And then you hear through the din a voice above you. What good do you think it will do to continue running, Castian? Castian's going to immediately turn into open fire with the blaster. The blaster he took from the smuggling safe, the one that is clearly illegal and very powerful. Ranged attacks are always average difficulty. However, the person that you are firing at has the nemesis talent, meaning that all attacks against them are upgraded twice. I got a triumph and a despair. With the triumph, Tremaine, who is standing at the top of this ad hoc elevator shaft, doesn't have a chance to bring his lightsaber up in front of him in order to deflect the blast coming at him. So you hit him and immediately knock him off balance. 
he is falling directly towards your elevator platform. And as he falls, he reaches his hand out in front of him. And you think he's trying to brace himself or stop himself from falling in some way, or at least prevent his face from slamming into the floor of this elevator. But then you feel this blaster in your hand get ripped away by the force as Tremaine uses move to pull it out of your hands and send it flying beyond the reaches of the elevator. As soon as he lands, and he does land on his feet, because this is High Inquisitor Tremaine. He's like a cat and has as many lives as one. And so he lands on his feet and immediately activates his lightsaber. I have quick draw. I immediately activate my own lightsaber. Obviously, both of you were ready for a fight to break out. So please roll me cool. One success, one advantage, one triumph. There you go. So even though Tremaine rolled four successes, very good for a initiative roll, Castian, first initiative slot goes to you. Castian's letting out a growl before asking, uh, where's Kida? And he's not waiting for a reply. He is just going to attack with his lightsaber. He does have defense, so that is one setback die. And it's two reds. To Correct. I got two success, but three threats. So he's taking nine points of damage. As you strike at Tremaine, he brings his lightsaber back up, and there is a hiss and crackle as the two blades meet. But as he tries to slide your blade off of him, you still slash down his arm. So he was able to parry and reduce some of that damage. So it is going to be down to six damage for him. Lord Vader is dealing with the Jedi scum, leaving you to me. And he growls and raises his lightsaber. But instead of attacking you directly, he is going to take a terrify action against you. So what is your uh, discipline? Uh, my discipline is three yellow. Oh, nice. So since you have a great discipline for this, I am going to spend my two points to upgrade his check. All right. So this is a doozy of a roll. Tremaine rolled one success and three advantages and a dark side point and two despairs. Wow, two despairs? Two despairs. Okay. I didn't know they came in multiples. So, Castian, you absolutely feel a wave of terror that is shaking you to your core. You even waver a little bit on your feet as this feels almost like a physical force that is trying to push you down to your knees. But you're not fighting alone. You have a little voice inside of you urging you to go on. He wields fear as a weapon. You live amongst it. You are going to be able to channel, essentially, Tremaine's use of the Force into your own action. So for the remainder of this scene, you have a force rating of three. Okay. Do I take any disadvantages from being terrified? Yes, you are going to be disoriented. So Castian stumbles back, kind of almost retreating to that feral child that Tremaine found in the cave. But then he lets out like a guttural scream. And there's maybe a little bit of shock in Tremaine's face as he sees a very dark Castian. Uh, just charging at him with his lightsaber raised. And as a result of the disoriented, you have an additional setback die to this roll. Okay. We are in doozy territory, Angela. Because I'm rolling so many reds and so many yellows, I got a despair, a failure, and a triumph. 
While you are trying to use this fear to fuel you, fear is still a very powerful primal emotion, and it is not one that is wielded so much as you try to ride on its coattails. Since you are on an unstable platform, driven so much by fear, you ultimately are not able to hit Tremaine. In fact, your lightsaber comes down, missing him completely, cutting into the floor of this elevator, and in fact, melting away a small section of it. You lose a couple of feet of maneuvering space, but you don't fall off. I'll take it. Castian kind of teeters on the edge, his toes like sticking over the edge as he kind of wavers, and then he just spins around to face Tremaine. And Tremaine isn't going to do anything tricky or clever at this point. He raises his lightsaber once again and attacks you directly. I have one defense. Tremaine also misses. Tremaine brings his lightsaber down directly towards your face. And through some reflex, you're able to get your lightsaber up and keep him from getting directly at you. So these two lightsabers are sparking inches from your nose, Castian. This incredible energy so close to your face is going to blind you a little bit, giving you a setback die for your next roll as you are partially blinded. Castian, as you look away trying to preserve some of your eyesight, you do see Bone starting to roll in your direction. He has his little hypo spanner out, ready to attack. Castian is going to try to stop him by shouting, Bone, no! Just try to make this thing go faster! And Bone gives a disappointed beat before rolling back to the controls. And then Castian is going to try to push Tremaine away and then strike him. And you know what, I'm going to actually use some uh, light side points because I, I have a couple of disadvantages. So three yellows and then two reds, and I have two blacks because I'm blinded and I'm no longer disoriented, but I also have to deal with his defense. Mm -hmm. So uh, what does two uh, destiny points get me? So you are currently rolling three yellows? Yes. So one destiny point gives you another green, spending a second one upgrades that green to a yellow. Okay, I got one success, one uh, advantage, and then one triumph. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. With that advantage, it clears the blindness. Great. So Castine is going to do eight points of damage to him, and I, I get the roll on the critical table. And exactly how he parries will uh, determine what sort of critical injury he gets. 93. Uh, 93 means Tremaine is at the brink. He is going to suffer one strain per action he does. Tremaine is going to parry this, mm -hmm. so he is going to suffer his strain to reduce that damage. How much did you, you said you were going to do eight? Yes. As you are pushing off with your lightsaber against his, and he parries you, he parries you accidentally towards his face, towards the side of his face that is covered with cybernetics, and your lightsaber just nicks his face. But of course, with a lightsaber, that's still a very serious event and you can see Tremaine jerk away, and his expression begins to twitch a little bit as obviously he's not completely in control of the cybernetics. Tremaine is coming back at you with his lightsaber. Rolling a success. So he does seven points of damage. Uh, Castian is going to parry that. Castian is taking two wounds, and now he's down to 12 strength. Castian's going to charge Tremaine, seeing now that he's a little distracted with his twitching eye, and try to take him down. Castian wants to kill this man. Two advantages, but two failures. Castian completely misses again. 
Tremaine is going to have an additional setback die on his next check. Great. Tremaine steps back away from you, just out of reach of your lightsaber, and begins to circle you. Do you match his movements to move in a circle? Yes. He deftly sidesteps so he avoids where there is missing flooring in this elevator. And he says casually, You have been practicing. Or maybe you just always help me back. Tremaine gives you a twitchy smirk. Perhaps I just need to start trying harder. And he reaches his hand above his head and makes a fist, pulling his hand down. And as he does, you hear rocks loosening and sliding from the face of the mountain. And as you look up, trying to figure out where to dodge, you see that some of these rocks are definitely aimed directly at you. And some of them are aimed at bone. Castian... Well, Cassian's going to see what he can do. He's going to see if he can catch all of them or what. He has a force rating of three right now. Correct. Driven by fear. You have to spend one force point just to activate the power. You have to spend one force point to increase the number of targets that you're hitting from one to two. And you need to spend one force point to increase the silhouette from zero to one. I'm rolling three force dice, and I just rolled three light side points. So, Castian sees these rocks coming towards him, especially Bone, and that darkness that he's been channeling suddenly just kind of fades as instead of anger and hate and passion, it's compassion, it's love that Castian is driven to throw his arm out and catch the stones before they hit Bone. You said there was a couple going towards him? Mm -hmm. If I used all of my stuff, will I stop the uh, things from hitting Bone? Well, you have to spend destiny points in order to use the light side of the force, don't you? Yes. You only have two available. So I can't stop the one hitting tw- heading towards me and Bone. Correct. Have to st- I stop the one heading towards Bone. I'll use both my destiny points. Okay, and I'll take the strain damage, but at least Bone is safe, and now I'm probably getting hit with a rock and also getting attacked by Tremaine. Several rocks fall on you, Castian. Certainly the main one that you were trying to hit- stop, the one that's almost as large as you, plus an assortment of smaller rocks that on their own would have been a nuisance, would have led to some bruising, maybe a headache. But with this man-sized rock hitting you, Tremaine gets one success, three threats. So with one success, that brings that up to 11 strain damage. So this might be a house rule, but we're going to say at zero, you're still up. You take any more strain damage and you pass out. So this thing lands on me and crushes me down to the ground, and I could feel just my bones almost wanting to break. They're probably fractured, and I'm on my back just gasping for air as a bit of blood trickles down my mouth. Tremaine steps over the debris. You hear his boots clanking on the metal floor of this elevator. You see his face appear high above you as he steps around the rocks, and then he crouches down next to you kind of pats your face patronizingly. Oh, Castian, I had such grand plans for us together. It is unfortunate that you are going to die on a nameless planet with no one to mourn you. This fight is obviously taking a lot out of Tremaine. His skin is even more pale than usual, and there is a slight sheen of sweat on his skin. Any thoughts on what I should put on your grave? Alone in life, alone in death? Why should I bother? 
No one will ever see it. No one ever comes looking for Castian Sire. I've always been alone, or so I thought. But people do come back for me because I'm worth it. And Castian is going to take the stone that's on him and I'm going to hurl it with everything I have. Okay. I got my three dark side points and I got a success. Castian launches this rock like right into Tremaine, trying to knock him into this mountain. Unless he can deflect it. He's taking 11 points of damage. As tuned into the force as Tremaine is, as someone that innately senses on an even deeper level than you do, Castian, when the force is being called upon in his presence, Tremaine is able to get his lightsaber back up in the same fraction of a second as you begin to hurl it. The lightsaber comes up and begins to cut through the rock as you are pushing it towards him. As he is trying to reflect what is effectively a ranged attack against him. However, the fury, the strength of the force that is flowing through you, the fear that he bestowed upon you to strengthen you in a move that backfired is too much. And the rock comes at him with enough force to toss him. Over the edge of the elevator. Castian rolls to his side, clutching at his ribs that are clearly broken, and just lets a weak smile touch his lip, and he mumbles, I finally beat him. The screeching of the elevator, which has never truly stopped, but faded into the background as you dealt with more pressing matters, suddenly changes in pitch. Bone begins to beep at you in a panic. What is it? The elevator shudders to a stop. And then begins to rise. Bone, Bone, why are you reversing it? No, go down! What do you mean it's not you? And then Castian looks up. And silhouetted in the midday sun stands Darth Vader. It is true, Castian. You are worth returning for. Vader is standing with his hand outstretched over the side of the mountain and is obviously using the force to pull the elevator back up its track. Castian remembers when he faced off with Vader and how he hesitated. And... You know what? Castian's going to die. So instead of slinking back, he just raises his lightsaber up and points it at Vader. Castian. Jump. Castian, I need you to do a discipline check to ignore what the voice is compelling you to do. It is going to be hard, and that is upgraded. All three of those dice. I failed by two, but I got two advantages. Okay, what would you like to do with those advantages? You are, you are absolutely compelled to jump off of this elevator, which as far as you know, leads into nothingness. You are going to jump into an abyss with nothing below you to catch you. But 
what would you like to do with your two advantages before you make that jump? Grab Bone. If we're going, if I'm, I'm not leaving Bone for Vader. I don't know what Vader will do to a droid, but it won't be good. So Castian deactivates his blade, hooks it onto his belt, picks up Bone, gives Vader one last glare, and just falls backwards. And as you fall, Castian, you feel a moment of absolute peace. You are weightless as you are falling backwards. At this point, all you hear is the rush of the wind in your ears. And then the rushing wind becomes a roar. The roar of an engine. A very, very familiar engine. And you look below you to see the docking bay of the Howling Gundark open beneath you, ready to catch you. The Castian slams through the loading bay as, I guess, Laris rolls the ship a little bit to catch him. And just comes crashing into, like, the bulkhead. How much damage is this? Oh, this is this is a lot of damage between your momentum and the fact that the loading bay is filled with uh, just random detritus. Ten damage. Cassian slams into the wall. I'm still up, barely, and he just lays there for a second, blinking. The only thing you can hear now in your head is cackling. As that voice that has been haunting you and driving you is overwhelmed with mirth that you followed its command. I will be with you, Castian. Always. Castian shakes his head and then makes sure his bone fine. There's a couple of scratches on him, but it's only cosmetic damage. He pushes bone to the side and then he is stumbling uh, towards the bridge of the Howling Gundark. As you are going towards the bridge, you are met by the quartermaster of the Howling Gundark, Skitter. Sir, I'm so excited to- uh. Castian plants a big kiss on that speaker in the on his face and then pushes him aside into the wall and keeps on running into the bridge. Castian stumbles into the bridge and says, Veda, he's after us. We need to go now. Yes, escape has always been our intention. TK, are our codes still going to allow us to escape their dampening net? You know, when I said I owed you one, I didn't expect you to be calling in this big of a favor. Vader? Stars. Um, we'll be able to get out of the atmosphere, but they'll probably be heading our way. We might have to blast our way out of here. Who's Vader? A little girl asks. Oh my god, why is there a menagerie of new people here? I don't know any of you. Do you wish us to escape or do you wish to make introductions? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, escape, escape now. We can introduce later. And why is that little girl in my seat? It's my seat now. No, it's not. It's my seat. Kip, punch it. And you hear the engines spin up again. Reversing course so they are no longer sinking deeper into this valley, but rising up and attempting to make a run for the Imperial blockade. Uh, I'm going to actually spend my destiny points now that I got those back. Okay. That's going towards Laris to help her get us out of here. The engines roar and scream as Laris puts all of the power in the ship into them. The lights begin to flicker and dim as so much power is being drawn from all systems. The air circulators cut out, as Laris has deemed even those non-essential for the next five minutes 
that it will take her to get from the atmosphere past the blockade and deep enough into space that she can safely make the jump to hyperspace. TIE fighters are still swarming the sky. Those star destroyers still loom overhead, menacing. The size of them blocking out the sun in places and casting looming shadows across vast expanses of the planet's surface. Now let's roll Laris's piloting check. This is a daunting difficulty. No advantages, no threats, three successes. The TIE fighters are on your tail. The star destroyers are trying to box you in. But it doesn't matter to Laris. Laris is making the calculations. She has the codes. She doesn't even break a sweat as she evades those TIE fighters and stays outside of range of the Star Destroyers and makes the jump to hyperspace. As soon as we enter hyperspace, Castian's letting out a an excited whoop and holler. I'm sure that little girl is also hollering. TK is grumbling because he's getting too old for this. Uh, this poodoo. For this poodoo. And then Castian is going to look towards Laris and say, You came back for me. Of course. I apologize for the delay. There were unforeseen complications. She's getting a hug. It's, a, it's awkward. Laris tenses immediately as this is not a form of touch that she is accustomed to. How did you, how did you know to catch me? I heard you calling. What do you mean? I, I, didn't, I didn't call you. It was clear as day. I look towards TK uh, and the little girl. Both of them shrug. They didn't hear anything. No communications came through the ship. Thank you. I'll be in my quarters. I need space. Where, where, where are we heading? Our current heading is to an abandoned sector of space. The most important thing was to escape, not to plot a carefully constructed course. However, our goal is to drop our new passengers off on Tatooine. Tatooine? Never heard of it. Thank you, Laris. I, I need... I've... If you have time, please take a look at Bone. I'll be in my... I'll be in my quarters. And Castian is going to move towards his room. Castian enters his room and frowns as he... He sees definitely uh, where probably the man is sleeping. The uh, TK, he sees like a rucksack. Uh, so he knows the man's sleeping on the top bunk. And the bottom bunk is his bunk. And he notices, like, a stuffed Bantha doll there, and he frowns as he notes that it's one of the toys he used to play with that, that he left with his parents. It's a little bit burned, because it was actually the thing that he left with Lala, and he took it with him and stuffed it in that bag that he got of his parents. So the girl clearly went through his stuff. So he grabs the Bantha doll, puts it back in the sack that he has refused to really look in because his parents abandoned him. And... And now he just, instead of pushing the bantha in, he takes it out again. And then he reaches into the pack and pulls out a picture of, uh, it's a picture of Castian smiling and his parents. And he just keeps on digging deeper and just kind of looking at all the stuff that his parents left behind. He finds a picture clearly that they took uh, when they were much older, probably about the time when he was eight. And that smile on his mom and dad's face, it's there, but it's not as big as it was when they were holding their son. 
most of the items that you're pulling out, Castian, are analog items. They're flimsy pictures, the toy, the stuffed bantha, physical items that you can pull out, things that didn't have to remain powered and maintained. But at the very bottom of the sack is a data pad. Castian's going to pick it up and see if it still has power to it. With a groaning of the interior fans. Yes, it does. Obviously, it has not been well-maintained. There's dust, maybe even sand in it, considering your home world. But it is able to activate. After some investigating, you see that this data pad belonged to your mother. And this was obviously a data pad that she kept with her throughout her day-to-day. It has her calendar on it. It has records of appointments that she had at the clinic. It has shopping notes, pick up blue milk, don't forget to get a loaf of bread. And it is filled with letters. Pages and pages and pages of letters. To who? To you. One for nearly every day. Between the time you left and when she died. Castian is going to read the first letter and then the second. And he doesn't even know how long it takes until he finally gets to the end. He was transfixed with these letters. And late into the night, he finally sets the data pad down and realizes that while he might have thought his mother left him, he never left his mom. And then Castian is just remembering how everybody leaves him. That's what he was saying to Kida. His mom, Kida, Laris, and yes, he was left. He was abandoned. There's nothing he could say that will defend against that. But the one thing he can add is that people do come back. His mom couldn't visit him because he was part of the Jedi Order. And she wrote him every day. Couldn't send it because of the Jedis. They don't allow for that. Kida came back for him and probably most definitely sacrificed his life. Laris came back for him. Castian has always lived his life running away. Because he always thought that it was only him he had to worry about. You just always keep running. But now with this whole chapter in his life revealing itself... I think it's time for Castian to look back. Castian has tried to find out how to be a light sider this entire time, but he didn't want to be a Jedi. He hates the Jedi. But Castian is going to take that journal that Kida gave him and open it up and see what it is. The journal is his musings, his thoughts, his philosophies, his rumination on the Force, and more importantly, what it means especially in these dark times, to be a Jedi. Castian reads the first page. There is no emotion. There is peace. There is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. Lies. There is harmony. There is no death. There is the Force. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. 
You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always.